This is the Ask Dr. Jill podcast, where Dr. Jill Wagner will have conversations and discussions designed to take the mystery out of medicine. Your next appointment toward living a healthier life begins right now. Greetings. I hope you are having an amazing day and that you are loving yourself wholly and completely. I'm Dr. Jill Wagner, your host of the Ask Dr. Jill podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your life to spend a few moments with me. For those of you who don't know, I'm a concierge, board-certified family practice physician. I've been practicing for several decades, and those decades have given me loads of experience and a little bit of insight. This podcast is an opportunity to share both of those with you. My practice is located in the Dallas area, and if you would like to become a patient in that practice, I'll share contact information later in the broadcast. But for now, let's get started with this episode of Ask Dr. Jill. Today, we are going to talk about something you may have heard about, but you are not quite sure what it is, and that is zoonotic diseases and infections. So let me start with what that means. I guess the the real thing we ought to be talking about today is why are we seeing so many viral infections that we haven't seen before, and how can we prevent them. So that's what zoonotic diseases are. Let's get started. I hope you get some good information out of this. So zoonotic diseases represent what we now know is a major global health problem. Um, Why has that happened recently? It is because we are now becoming so close to animals. We're currently dealing with two of those zoonotic infections. One is coronavirus and the other is monkeypox. Both of those diseases spread from animals to humans. But what are they and how do they spread and how can they be prevented? Well, as usual, I'm glad you asked and that's what we're going to talk about today. The world is full of microorganisms, microorganisms being little tiny organisms that we live with all the time. We have them that live in and on our body. We have them that live in the environment. And they include such things as bacteria or fungi, protozoa, viruses. But there are many of those that can cause disease, particularly if they are new to us as human beings. When microorganisms cause disease, they go from being just microorganisms to what we call pathogens or pathogenic um, organisms that can cause pathology in humans. When a pathogen jumps from one species to another that isn't familiar with it, then that agent or or pathogen can exploit the new host's lack of defenses and cause illness. And that's what we've been seeing recently. When a pathogen jumps from an animal into humans, it's now called a zoonotic disease. So when you see that, you know what we're talking about. Zoonoses are 
pathogens that jump from from animals to humans comprise a really large percentage of all newly identified infections. And many of the existing ones, somewhere around 60% of human infections are estimated to have an animal origin. So originally the infection was in animals, somehow it jumped to humans and spread to humans and uh, has caused illness. Of all new and emerging human infectious diseases, it's estimated that about 75% jump species from animals to people. So whenever we see a brand new infection in humans, most of the time it comes from animals. More than 300 diseases have emerged between 1940 and 2004, and then now we have at least two more and possibly a third a new zoonotic disease. Of those, nearly two-thirds were zoonotic and over 70% originated in wildlife and not domesticated animals. So because humans are getting in touch or so close to wildlife now for a number of reasons, those diseases are jumping from animals to humans. So how do pathogens spread between animals and people? That is the million-dollar question. It's because we are becoming so close to animals and we're going into areas that had not previously been inhabited by people, people are now, humans are getting infected or exposed to some germs that we had not been infected with before. So how does that occur? There are several ways. The first is direct contact. That means we can come in contact with the saliva, the blood, the urine, the mucus, the feces, or other body fluids from an infected animal. And as humans, if those fluids have some kind of uh, organism in there that can cause illness in us that we have not been exposed to before, then we become sick. Another way is indirect contact. So the first was direct. The other is indirect. Coming into contact with areas where animals live and roam or objects or surfaces that have been contaminated with germs can expose us to organisms that can make us sick. Some examples include um, places that have rodent infestation or pet habitats or even chicken coops uh, or pet food or water dishes where the animals have licked or uh, eaten from those dishes and left some traces of their saliva, if that saliva is infected, it can cause disease in humans. Vector-borne contact. So what a vector is, is an intermediate species or an intermediate source. So that's an example of that would be, let's say, a tick bit Uh, an animal that was infected and then that tick bit a human uh, or a mosquito or a flea or something like that, because usually ticks will embed when they bite. But it's possible that some other insect or a mosquito or a fly or something could be infected with something from one animal and then take it to humans. 
Another way is foodborne, eating or drinking something unsafe, such as unpasteurized or raw or fresh milk, undercooked meat or eggs, uh, or some fruits and vegetables that have been fertilized with feces from some animals could possibly be infected as well. And there's also waterborne uh, pathogens, drinking or coming into contact with water that's been contaminated with the feces of an infected animal or saliva or urine of an infected animal can cause illness in humans. Zoonotic diseases represent what is now becoming a major public health problem all around the world. And so we just have to be aware that it's a possibility and make sure that we protect ourselves. So what is causing the increase in the risk of zoonotic disease? Well, one thing is urbanization and destruction of natural habitats. As the world population grows and as we become people who want to live in the wild or we want to build in areas that have not uh, been settled before, we move into the natural habitats of the animals. And, you know, as humans, sometimes we don't really respect that. So we are in places that the animals were first. And then when we get there, we want to integrate with those animals. We may want to touch them or, or have them as pets when they are really wild. That's one of the ways that happens. There are many factors that are involved in disease transmission, but scientists are now increasingly turning their attention to how altering the land or altering the landscape or the natural habitat interferes with a pathogen's journey from animals to humans. I want to take just a quick break to remind you that this episode is brought to you by WellAware Supplements. Every wellness plan should include strategic supplementation, vitamins, minerals, and herbal supplements that help you to achieve your health goals. At WellAware, being your health partner is of the utmost importance. We have high-quality, affordable supplements that will be delivered directly to your doorstep. So you don't have to stand in the drugstore or health food store gazing at the endless shelves of supplements trying to make a decision about which ones are right for you. We make it easy, convenient, and affordable. To start your strategic supplementation today, go to askdrjill.net slash supplements and order yours now. Our land use has accelerated in the last 100 years. We all know that. We've used up over half of the terrestrial land on the planet. And as humans transform wild animal habitats, the likelihood of a human-animal interaction increases, and that increases the chances of zoonotic disease emergence. In places where humans are encroaching uh, on wildlife, uh, that is where scientists think that the, the frontier from the next pandemic could be. So as we move into those areas, we are much more likely to 
uh, encounter some pathogen that could cause another pandemic. The next reason uh, is climate change, because as the cli- as the planet heats up, the range of infectious diseases that were once, say, confined to warmer latitudes, as there are other areas of the planet that are getting warmer, then those infectious diseases are spreading uh, as well. Zoonotic diseases benefit from a greater range made available by climate change. And there are some like West Nile virus or dengue fever, which were once just seen in the tropics because other areas are starting to get warmer. We are now seeing them emerge in other areas. Another reason is food production. There are several issues linked to our food and our agricultural system that increases the likelihood of zoonotic diseases. One is intensive farming. There are many unnatural conditions that we now use in order to raise food and up to tens of thousands of animals are crowded together indoors uh, all over the globe. And that provides an environment for the rapid spread of viruses and bacteria to those animals. And as those pathogenic bacteria or viruses spread through the thousands of new hosts, there's a much greater chance for it to mutate and also a much greater chance of it potentially becoming a zoonotic uh, pathogen. The other thing is the wildlife trade and consumption. You heard about, at the beginning of COVID, one of the uh, theories for where the COVID virus or this coronavirus came from was something called a wet market. Now, there are many of us who live in parts of the world that we don't know what wet markets are, but a wet market Um, houses live animal species, and they sell those animal species uh, for people to eat the meat or other byproducts. And those live animals really have an increased risk of passing on disease to people. In fact, the World Health Organization uh, for a- their particular department for animal health and the United Nations environmental program have now provided new guidelines for people all over the world uh, to follow in order tr- to try to keep those zoonotic um, transfers from occurring. And then the other thing is travel and transportation. A hundred years ago, it took you forever to get around the globe. And now we are all aware that it takes just a matter of hours. In one day, you can be completely around the globe. Well, with that increased transportation and travel, 
also increases the possibility of one, transporting infected animals, and two, for humans to go quickly around the globe and carry any of those pathogenic zoonotic agents with them. And so that uh, is one of the things that we always have to think about. That's one of the reasons that many of the diseases break out uh, when they go to a new country. For instance, when they come to the U.S., we often see them on the coast first. So you see them in New York City because it's a major hub uh, for international travel, or you see them on the West Coast because it's a, a um, major hub for international travel. So how do we prevent or control the spread? The first thing is to understand that zoonotic pathogens are different depending on what the pathogen is. And so we have to understand the pathogen uh, so that we can respond to it first. And the other thing is to already know that future zoonotic outbreaks are pretty much inevitable. It is just a condition of the earth that we live on right now. And if we are aware of that and we have things in place, we can stop them before they really affect human beings or mankind uh, adversely. So science, research, and development is really important. Uh, we have to have surveillance so that there are scientists on the, the front line, so to speak, scientists that are watching the emergence of pathogens and looking at their behavior and figuring out ways to treat them and to keep them from spreading. The other is financing, of course, where this is not a big financing uh, discussion, but if the scientists are going to do the research, then of course they have to have financing for that. And then a coming together of governments from around the world in making sure that the information that's gathered is shared um, in a way that it helps everybody. And then finally, community engagement and education so that all of us are aware of the possibility. So we know when we have symptoms that are unusual or when we go to places that few humans uh, have been to before, um, that we pay attention so that we are able to catch those infections early and get the proper information to the proper places. So there you have it. And of course, you know, you got to wash your hands and do all of the rest of that. I think we're all well versed in that now. So that is our discussion about zoonotic infections. I hope this has given you information that you may not have gotten before. So at least when you hear these discussions, it won't be foreign to you and you can get that information and use it in a way that you can stay healthy and, and happy and protect yourself and your family. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for care by a doctor or other qualified health professional.
This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help on your journey to wellness, seek assistance from a qualified medical professional. It is important that you have someone in your corner that is qualified, trained, licensed health practitioner, helping you make the health changes you desire as you venture toward the healthiest you possible.